and welcome to Business Bites, the new Denton's podcast series. Here we offer short, insightful episodes you can listen to on demand, whenever and wherever you like. Sharing insights from across multiple markets, Business Bites takes a look at the solutions that are helping address the challenges companies are currently facing. In short, it's tailored at serving you up a recipe for success. In today's episode, we're joined by Denton's colleagues, Purvis Ghani, Sasha Grosjean, and Juan Alonso Berberena, who are based in London, Dusseldorf, and Madrid, respectively. They're joining us to continue our focus on employment and labour issues. With many employers under pressure to cut costs given the current situation, today we'll look at the changing employment terms in Germany, Spain, and the UK. Purvis, Sasha, Juan, welcome, and thank you for joining us today on Business Bites. Purvis, over to you. Thank you, Murian, and welcome to our listeners. Now, I'm going to start today by looking at how employers might be able to make changes to working conditions or terms and conditions of their employees' contracts as a result of the impact that the COVID crisis-19 is having across uh, the economy. Now, in particular, many employers are looking at reducing pay and making changes to benefits or working patterns. And we've seen, certainly in the UK, a number of queries that are coming in from clients who are looking at this and planning and thinking about the future and how they can reduce their cost base um, with as a result of a reduced demand due to the current crisis. So one question that we've seen come up and is often raised is whether employers can unilaterally change terms and conditions like reducing salary or reduction in benefits during this COVID crisis. So I'm going to start with you, Sasha, and put this question to you. And what is the position on this in Germany? Thank you very much, Purvis. In Germany, we have only very limited options for employers to implement pay reductions unilaterally. However, we have a statutory scheme uh, which works well during the crisis, though it requires the consent of employees, either individually or collectively, by an agreement with the Works Council. It's called short time work. How does it work actually? Imagine an employer that has a drop in business and can only utilize their employees by 60% of their full capacity. In such a case, the employer can obtain governmental benefits for 40% of the working time. And the employer, of course, remains liable to pay the remaining 60% of the employee's wages. Why would employees and works councils tend to accept short-time work? They do in order to avoid stricter consequences, like in particular collective redundancy. According to most recent statistics, we currently have like 7.3 million German employees on short-time work due to COVID-19. Will all of them keep their jobs after the crisis? That's unlikely, but we are confident that there will be lesser job losses than without short-time work, actually. Great. Thank you, Sasha. Really interesting. Um, Juan, what about in Spain? Is the position any different uh, over there? Well, in Spain, the unilateral modification of working conditions can only be applied if the employees affected do not exceed the threshold stated under the employment law. Otherwise, a collective modification of employment conditions must be carried out. In any case, although uh, in individual proceedings, the company may unilaterally implement the modification of employment conditions, provided that economic, technical, organizational or production region exist, the employees may challenge the company's decision before the courts and or even request the termination of the employment contract receiving a statutory severance compensation of 20 days of salary per year of services rendered up to nine months. 
Thank you, Juan. Well, let me just contrast that with the UK. So in the UK, in summary, the position would be quite risky for employers to unilaterally change material terms and conditions without undertaking consultation with the staff in this area. What you tend to see in the UK, you do get many employment contracts that have a clause in them that that on the face of it allows the employer to unilaterally vary terms and conditions. But uh, we always would advise to clients that you've got to proceed with caution if you're looking to use this clause to push through a change. The courts don't look favorably upon those clauses and what they will look for employers to do is to consult. Now, ultimately, the employer may have to end up terminating the employee's contract and issuing a new one with the revised terms and conditions. And that's generally quite often the approach that is taken by employers in the UK. So let me move on to another question which we've seen that comes up. And I've touched on this, but it relates to process. If an employer does want to make changes, is there a process that needs to be followed to implement these changes? Sasha, let me start with you. Is there a process in Germany. There is no real consulting process like in the UK. To implement short-time work, the employer needs to enter into written agreements either with the Works Council or where such Works Council does not exist with the individual employees. It might require some negotiations, but at the end, it's just important to have the written agreement and the result counts. Juan, what about um, Spain? Well, in Spain, uh, we have a very strict process. So the company must follow the statutory procedures. And in this sense, depending on the number of employees affected, a collective procedure must be followed, where a negotiation with employees or the legal representatives or even trade unions must be carried out. Otherwise, the modification of the employment conditions will be null and void. Thanks, Juan. Well, looking at the UK, I mentioned consultation and employees would be advised to consult with their staff and what the courts would be looking is whether they followed a fair process in doing so. So what this would mean in the UK is that employees would probably need to have at least a couple of consultation meetings. That process could last from at least a couple of weeks, maybe to up to four weeks, sometimes some cases possibly more, depending on the size of the workforce and the changes that are being proposed. That way, an employer in the UK would mitigate the risk of a legal claim for unfair dismissal, which could be the ultimate, or at least one of the consequences if they get this wrong. So let me move on finally to the final question in this topic. And Sasha Juan, I'm going to ask you, what would you give as your top tips or as the key issues or questions uh, that employers would need to think about in your jurisdictions? Sasha, let's start with Germany. What would you say here? Yeah, for German employers, just one top tip. Keep thinking ahead. Will it really be sufficient to send the employees on 12 months of short time, it might, but in many cases, redundancies might already be foreseeable. So in that case, the employer would probably want to implement redundancies in due course. COVID-19 is still around. In our experience in negotiations with Works Council in this situation, employee representatives are willing to accept corona-related terminations in order to avoid more drastic consequences, like, for example, insolvencies. This might no longer be the case once COVID-19 has passed. Great. Thanks, Sasha. Juan, what about in Spain? What would you advise as the key issues that employers should be looking at? In Spain, and in my opinion, the key question employers would need to think about are, first, consider a long-term vision when carrying out the measures. Second, to assess the economic impact of the implementation of such measures, including the payment of severance compensations. And third, compliance with the statutory process for making redundancy. These are the key points. 
Thank you, Juan. So let me just wrap up perhaps by touching on this in the UK. And what I would advise is three top tips or questions, issues that the employees should be thinking about in the UK. First one is, do you have a compelling reason for making a change to your terms and conditions? And you've got to really build this up and flesh this out. And that would mitigate any risks of unfair dismissal claims. The second piece, which I think is absolutely crucial and uh, just as important, if not more important than the legal piece, is that this is really an employee relations exercise. And it's about communicating with employees and trying to get them on board and giving a sound explanation behind any proposed changes. And finally, the third point is, I would say, consultation. I mentioned this. This is absolutely crucial. It's the key to mitigating any legal risks. And one thing employees would need to be bear in mind in the UK is they have to think about whether any proposed changes could result in any collective consultation obligations arising under the redundancy legislation in the UK. And that would mean potential consultation of up to 45 days, depending on the potential impact and the size of the work force. But that is also quite a tricky area to navigate. And um, we are, in fact, going to cover that that area of collective redundancies because it ties in with that in a separate podcast. So hopefully you will find that one interesting and we'll touch on it then. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Purvis, Sasha and Juan. That gives us some real food for thought and we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. To our listeners, we hope you'll join us next time on Business Bites as we continue our conversations with Purvis, Sasha and Juan, turning our focus to the future of work and the new normal that is remote working. And do keep an eye out for more bite-sized podcasts coming soon. Thank you and stay safe.